The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. We return our attention to the UK, where the former Prime Minister, David Cameron, has made a sensational return to politics. He has been appointed the country's foreign secretary. He replaces James Cleverly, who becomes that country's home secretary. He replaces his home secretary, Suella Braverman, who has gotten the sack. Adam Bolton is a political commentator. He is with me, as is Dr. Jennifer Cassidy, a lecturer in diplomatic studies at Oxford University. Uh, Folks, you're both very welcome to the show. Adam, did anyone see this coming? I think very few people actually expected it, although it had been known that David Cameron's post-prime ministerial career had not really flourished in business. So I think he was open to a return. But remember, this was a reshuffle forced on the current prime minister, Rishi Sunak, uh, because of uh, the behaviour of Suella Bravman, the Home Secretary, who's been sacked after making a series of fairly provocative and extreme statements about rough sleepers and demonstrators and the Metropolitan Police, most importantly. So he's had to do something. And by bringing back someone as well known as David Cameron, he certainly uh, detracted attention from uh, the Suella Braverman uh, embarrassment. And uh, to be fair, at a time when there's probably going to be a great deal of international discussion uh, about uh, Ukraine, about Israel-Palestine, about the environment, he's brought back someone who at least uh, is recognised internationally uh, at uh, negotiating tables, whereas perhaps uh, we haven't, uh, following Brexit, Mm. had the same sort of status uh, recently amongst some of our other uh, foreign secretaries. So uh, it it proves something of a distraction, and David Cameron has that uh, international heft, but um, is one of the tripwires that he might have too much heft? He might have too much heft around the cabinet table. I don't think so. Um, He's going to be in the House of Lords, which is rather peculiar. So it means he won't be involved in the uh, hurly-burly of argument and making statements in the Commons. Uh, And also, I think it's pretty clear that he doesn't really pose a threat uh, to the future uh, of uh, Rishi Sunak. Uh, He's not a leadership contender, whereas, interestingly, James Cleverley, the former Foreign Secretary, who's now Home Secretary, a very difficult job, and was possibly seen like that. I think where the tension is going to arise is not necessarily between Rishi Sunak and David Cameron, but between Rishi Sunak and those elements in his party who are strongly anti-European and uh, who are socially uh, anti-woke. They will see David Cameron as the prime minister moving uh, the balance of the cabinet in the direction of someone who was uh, a supporter of Britain remaining in Europe as someone who has been very socially liberal. And that is directly opposite to what uh, Suella Braverman, for example, represented. So how then, in that light, Adam, do, do we interpret this? I mean, was this kind of Rishi Sunak deciding the tail had been wagging the dog for too long in that regard? Um, we're all a bit puzzled by this because only a month ago, Rishi Sunak actually gave a party conference speech where he talked about Britain going in the wrong direction for the last 30 years under successive governments. Now, that, of course, includes David (laughs) Cameron. And now he's brought David Cameron uh, into a very senior job in his government. So I think, you know, to be honest, the Conservatives are now 20, 25 points behind Labour in the opinion polls. They are flailing around. Rishi Sunak is doing what he can uh, to hold things together. But there's very little sign 
frankly, that the party is going to rally around him. Supporters of uh, Asuela Bravman uh, were holding a meeting in Parliament this afternoon. And there have been a whole raft of middle-ranking MPs who simply handed in their ministerial jobs, who said, well, you know, actually, we are probably going to leave Parliament soon and uh, we can't be bothered with ministerial jobs, particularly if we're looking uh, for jobs outside, where that might hold us back. So it's not, you know, some people are comparing it to, uh, you know, the receivers coming in and uh, <laughs> uh, the, the Conservative government going into administration in the expectation of a Labour takeover. Uh, I mentioned Dr. Jennifer Cassidy is with me as well, who's a lecturer in diplomatic studies at, at Oxford University. Uh, Jennifer, I mean, uh, from the outside looking in, uh, this is a strange one, isn't it? Uh, to, to say the least, I've been lecturing for the last nine hours and, and uh, I was just trying to, came out after three hours and I was told that Suzella Brown had been sacked and David Cameron was in. I was like, what? I leave for three hours and this is the outcome. Um, you know, it is... It's quite frankly, uh, you use the word spectacular, but I think spectacular in all the wrong ways. And if we're looking outside um, of of the party and the reaction of the public, both those who support uh, the Tory government and those uh, who support uh, other parties, the whole um, the whole notion of the a non-elected official. Let, let's make that very clear: a non-elected official being given one of the greatest roles um, in a cabinet, the the Secretary of State for Foreign, Commonwealth, and Development Affairs, as you know, should at a time of you know extreme uh, conflict and and turmoil turmoil um, across the world, and particularly in the Middle East. And you know it is. It is baffling that I know David Cameron was Remain, as noted by uh, uh, Mr. Bolton, uh, but he did call the referendum on on an issue which had at its core non-elected officials governing the issue of non-elected officials governing the policies and strategies of the UK. And yet he gladly accepts the job of a mm. non-elected official. And just to uh, read Irish, uh, you know, a, a direct statement by him, which I just found, you know, as, um, astonishing. He said, um, of course, this was just um, moments ago. He said, of course, my, uh, says my role, of course, will be held accountable to the electorate at the, at the gen- next general election. But in the meantime, you know, that's, that's, that's an absurd statement to make saying, you know, I, I will be held accountable to, elect- to the electorate uh, in the general election. But in the meantime, you know, you're, you're not an elected official. Uh, mm. So regardless of where he stands and regardless of whether he poses a threat to Rishishunik leadership within the Conservative government, I think this is going to have a huge backlash um, on on Rishi Sunak as he promised himself as uh, as quote-unquote uh, candidate of change. Uh, Adam, isn't that one of the other problems that um, David Cameron brings with him is that he brings political baggage. So, you, you know, Jennifer understandably mentions Brexit, but there's kind of Syria, there's Libya already, there's kind of uh, members of that uh, right-wing element of the Tory party that you mentioned uh, uh, dragging up previous comments he had made on, on, on China. All, all of that baggage comes with David Cameron. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, just on the point of him being non-elected, it is unusual, but it has happened at least twice before, once with the former Prime Minister uh, Alec Douglas Hume in the 1970s, and then uh, with uh, Lord Carrington, uh, both were foreign secretaries from the House of Lords. And, of course, there are ministers uh, in the Commons. But uh, I think possibly 
there are more question marks with the public, well, certainly with the public over the whole idea of unelected House of Lords now. So that is controversial. As far as Cameron's record, it wasn't good on foreign policy, as you say. Mm. Uh, he uh, was uh, responsible for the intervention in Libya, uh, and Barack Obama subsequently criticised him in fairly rude terms uh, for uh, Britain's contribution to uh, that, um, what turned out to be a fairly half-hearted intervention. Uh, he crucially lost uh, the vote on uh, uh, punishing the use of chemical weapons by Assad in Syria, he called the vote and lost it, uh, partly because of manoeuvring by the Labour Party, but nonetheless he called it. And then, of course, famously, he called the referendum and lost it in his terms because uh, he was a Remainer. So I think, uh, you know, people looking in on this will probably be almost comforted that foreign policy in the UK is now very much directed by the Prime Minister, frankly, uh, and that the job of the foreign secretary is to deliver on it and you know if you're looking for any parallels at all to this arrangement it would be the unelected secretary of state of the united states who implements foreign policy mm. on behalf of the elected president now obviously we've got a different system but it, it's not entirely unknown uh, or indeed in the way that the european union uh, puts high officials uh, around the table on foreign policy matters to have an appointee doing it Jennifer, as somebody who kind of uh, uh, spends an awful lot of time in the UK over and back, I know uh, as well. Yeah. I mean, is there a, a sense that you get from people that the current government are an opposition in waiting, regardless of what they do? Well, I'm, I'm in, in the UK uh, at the moment, as I said, I was just uh, lecturing all day and there was, uh, you know, just kind of shock about about these uh, developments, but I think it's a very, very worthy point to bring up that no matter how much uh, one criticizes, you know, from a political science standpoint, uh, this is not me being anti-Tory or anti-conservative, uh, no matter how much one criticizes uh, the government, we have to realize they've been in power for, you know, now for over a decade. So it is not so much their, well, it's not, it is their errors, but we have to look at, well, why have they committed or how have they committed so many errors and, and such outstanding errors and the, uh, the opposition has not gotten into power? So I really think you have to uh, um, look at the opposition and, and question, you know, in any other um, political setting, you would expect in the face of all these issues that have come across in the last decade that an opposition would get in during a general election. But they haven't. So the British public are being drawn to voting for the Conservative Party, uh, regardless of, of these issues. So I, I think critique, you know, has to be um, landed on the opposition. And, and they're obviously not appealing uh, en masse to, to the British public. And I know they're, they're behind in the polls at the moment, but that that's been seen before. And then the general election comes mm. and, we, and we've seen the outcomes. So, you know, it is not so much what the Tories are doing, but also what the opposition is not doing or doing and it is not appealing. Dr. Jennifer Cassidy, a lecturer in diplomatic studies at Oxford University and Adam Bolton, political commentator. Thank you both very much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.